God, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you for your eternal written holy word that your word is forever settled in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We receive it with meekness, the engrafted word which is able to save and to heal, restore our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions are changed by the living Word of God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. He's our helper and our teacher, the greater one that lives in us, and we recognize him uh, to teach us and lead us and guide us into all truth, and we'll know the truth and live in the truth, and the truth brings great freedom, sets us free from the hand of the enemy. We thank you, Lord, for working in us today. We ask you for fresh revelation, fresh application of your word in our lives. And we thank you, Lord, that your word works mightily and effectually in us who believe that you sent your word and it healed them and delivered them from their destructions. We thank you that your word is working in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we're talking about uh, faith and how faith works yesterday morning and uh, then Sunday morning. So did you get the message from Sunday morning? You sent that to my office. Good job. God bless you. That's better than St. Nick's dog. So that's <laughs> um, and the, the message on confession, so if you can, get the Sunday morning message. Uh, we'll talk some more about faith and confession this morning. So if you have your Bible, I want to start with 2 Corinthians 4, 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. And um, we're going to look at the spirit of faith. In other words, Faith is a spiritual force in the kingdom of God. Faith is a spiritual force in the kingdom of God. God himself is a faith God. He is pleased and moved by faith, and he rewards faith. Amen. God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so understanding faith and how faith works, he said, brings great reward. In other words, that's what pleases God. So you couldn't please God and not know it. All right, let's try it again. In other words, God loves everybody, but there's some things that really please him, and there's something about faith that just pleases God. And if you please God, you're going to know you just did. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And so you couldn't please God without, without knowing, and you couldn't really please God without getting some results. Amen. Praise the Lord. So 2 Corinthians 4.13, if you want to look at that, and he, Paul says here, that's what we have. So if you interview the apostle Paul and ask him, what is it that you have that number one, keeps you from collapsing, and number two, makes you productive. The most productive Christian who ever lived was the apostle Paul, wrote half the New Testament, went on four missionary journeys that changed the whole world without Facebook and without television Amen. Without radio, man, he's a, he's an amazing man. Amen. So studying the life of Paul is phenomenal, phenomenal study, and uh, understanding Paul and his attitudes, his thinking, uh, and uh, his belief system. Uh, we we call it Paul's system of truth. So uh, when he said we have the same spirit of faith, number one, faith is a spiritual thing, not just a mental thing. Certainly affects you mentally, affects your attitude, but faith is a spiritual thing, and faith is a spiritual force. And I like what I heard Brother Copeland say one time that 
the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. Spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. In other words, uh, when you have it, Paul said, that's what we have is the same. So interesting that he uses the word same because he tells you exactly why he used the word same uh, when he said, as it is written. So when he said, as it is written, I believe and therefore I have spoken, he said, we also believe and therefore speak. So he's saying that the spirit of faith, number one, number one, I believe. Believing is certainly an attitude of faith. And then I speak, which is the initial act of faith. Faith is an act. Faith without corresponding action is dead or doesn't have any influence. So he says, you must have these two ingredients in the spirit of faith. I believe and I speak. Or you could say it this way. Uh, you must have your belief system, your belief system connected to your sound system. Amen. Don't have any loose wires. So you have to have your, your belief system, praise the Lord, which would be your faith in God, your faith in the blood of Jesus, your faith in the word of God, and what is Paul's belief system? <laughs> He's got a tremendous belief system. Amen. And so he said that's what, number one, kept him from collapsing, made him, made him uh, so productive is that's what we have. So he says, we're not trying to get it. He said, we got it. We know we got it. And if you got it, no, you got it. Nothing wrong with saying you got it. So he said he got it. <laughs> Amen. When he said we, then that means not only did he have it, but it is contagious. So he's passing it out. Amen. <laughs> He's contagious. You got a spirit of faith. So either you're going to be influenced by a spirit of fear. Amen. And you watch TV long enough, the news especially, and, and that's, that's going to uh, control your life. You'll be totally controlled by whatever that news is telling you in your mind, your thoughts, you know, and, and how you act, you know. Come on, the news media scare you right out of church. That's, it's got a really wrong place in your life if you let the news media scare you out of church. All right, well, let's keep going here. In other words, they got a spirit of faith. Amen. My, my belief system, praise the Lord, connected to my sound system. So you look at Paul's belief system. Uh, man, it is phenomenal to study the two, uh, the two most important words in Paul's vocabulary and teaching is just the two words, in Christ. In him, in Christ, in him. And he uses that phrase actually 130 times to 160 times. Y'all still here? Amen. And that term came from the Holy Spirit. And the term itself lets you into the rest of the mysteries of the Apostle Paul. All right. In other words, this is a, this is a code. Come on, that's going to give you access what we call Paul's revelation. So, so the spirit of faith, Paul's revelation. So when you see the two words in Christ, he used 130 times in him, in whom. And so one writer said it this way, I think it's Arthur S. Way. He said uh, in his um, book on the letters of Paul, and he said really just two words, a preposition and, and the word Christ, in Christ. And he said, and most uh, translators won't even mess with those two words because they're such a very important part of Paul's revelation. And they let you in to the whole revelation. So he said, they actually tell translators, don't mess with the two words in Christ. 
So only the Amplified Bible will say in union with Christ, in Christ. So one writer said, when you got saved, you got in Christed. And Paul says, you are a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away and everything has become new. In other words, in other words, you get in Christ. This is a radical change, major change. It doesn't just affect a few things in your life. It affects every area of your life. That you're a new creature in Christ. Amen. So, Arthur S. Way said, just preposition in and the word Christ, preposition. So, here's what he said. He said, the English language was not constructed for a preposition to carry the kind of weight that the gospel calls upon it to carry. All right, let's try it one more time. The English language, he said, was not constructed to carry the kind of weight that the gospel calls upon it to carry. So he said, actually, the prepositions break down under the weight and go almost unnoticed. Well, that's bad if you unnoticed. Come on. If you miss these two key words in Christ. But he said the key to the gospel is in the prepositions. And so he said little words like for, with, in, through, by, prepositions. And those prepositions actually connect you to Christ and show your relation to him in whatever verb or action is going on. In other words, everything Jesus did, he did it for, for us. And he's got four. He does it for us. But other translations, in our behalf, as our substitute, he took our place. Amen. So, I mean, you know, great scripture for that is Hebrews 9, 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place and obtained eternal redemption for, preposition for who? Us. So everything Jesus did, he did it for us, set to the credit of our account, just like we were there. Amen. So because he did it for us, we were with him, and now we're in him, and through him we can do all things. I call it powerful preposition. Pretty bad if you don't know what, can't recognize one. So, so the a preposition connects you to Christ in everything he did in our behalf. Right? So, Paul says, if any man be in Christ. So he says, really, one writer says, when you got born again, you got in Christed, uh, in Christed. In other words, you have been in Christed. You're a new creature, which means a new kind of human that never existed before. So you're not just a forgiven sinner. Come on, you got forgiveness in the Old Testament, but we got a new covenant, a blood covenant, got better promises. So now God did something in Christ through his blood, and actually the two words in Christ are really blood covenant terms, blood covenant terminology. In other words, he becomes the divine representative in, the, in, in your behalf in the covenant made with God through his blood. And you were there. Amen. Amen. So understanding your identification of Christ, who you are in Christ. Now, with, here with Paul, he, he um, says we have the same spirit of faith. So we believe. So you have to find out what he believes. Come on. What's in that spirit of faith belief system from the apostle Paul? What does he believe? Man, if you just read Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> let's try that again. I said, if you just read Romans chapter 8, come on, that ought to uh, rattle your brain. I mean, you just read Romans chapter 8. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Come on. 
Amen. So he said, here's another spiritual law, which is the law of life that is in Christ Jesus. Once you receive that life, he said, it brings, sets you free from the law of sin and death. Other translations say it lifts you out of the law of sin and death. So you just got to find out how that law operates. And he tells you a lot about it in Romans, how the law of the spirit of life operates. He calls faith spiritual law. So once you learn about that, and Paul learned, probably um, uh, he learned most of it in the three years after he was converted. And in those three years, he was probably what some writers call in the University of Arabia. So he went out into the desert for at least three years. And some say maybe longer than three years. And so you're not distracted by much when you're in the desert. I mean, you can watch a lizard if you want. But, I mean, you'll be in the desert for three years. What, can you, what happens in the desert? Well, number one is uh, you can totally lose yourself. Amen. Second of all, the Lord can actually work on you for three years without you going ahead and doing what he's called you to do uh, and embarrassing yourself. So anyway, so sometimes God wants you to have a period of time. Amen. Because I mean, that doesn't mean the Lord can't use you in that period of time. It's just that's preparation time that Paul and apparently Jesus must have visited him repeatedly. And then he's got the whole Old Testament memorized first five books of the Bible, he had to memorize them by the time he's 12 years old. Uh, but we've got way too many video games for our kids. Anyway, so, so he had to memorize the Pentateuch, first five books of the Old Testament before he's 12 years old. Come on, I ask kids now, they can't even memorize one chapter most of the time. But they can tell you what video games. Anyway, let's keep going. So <laughs> I'm talking about my own too, my own grandkids. You can raise your kids, but you can't always raise your grandkids. So, so <laughs> don't try it. Huh? So uh, they come over to the house. They know Poppy. <laughs> Poppy will talk to you about a couple of things here about the Bible. All right. So, uh, so this spirit of faith, Paul's belief system, and the revelation that came those three years, but that revelation actually became an ever-increasing revelation. And, and Paul's appetite for revelation knowledge was insatiable. What does that mean? <laughs> in other words, God and, and all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that are hidden in Christ and all of that. And Paul just knows that there's so much more. Come on. Come on. After 30 years, he says what? That I may know him. I thought you knew him. Come on, no. hey, after 30 years, he, that I, in other words, I want to know him more intimately. Yes. Amen. And to know him in the power of his resurrection. Yes. All right, let's keep going here. So, so his belief system came from, from really revelation of the word and revelation from the Lord Jesus, revelation by the Holy Spirit. And so, wow, praise the Lord. In Christ, in him. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In other words, the most fascinating thing in your life is to hear Jesus talking to you. Come on, and hear Jesus talking to you. And that's what makes information different than revelation. Y'all still with me? All right, so hear Jesus talking to you. 
Praise the Lord. And so in, in, in Paul's revelation, I like what uh, um, um, I, I think it's P.C. Nelson said. Paul's letters contain the thoughts that Jesus carried away from this world unuttered. Paul's letters contain the thoughts that Jesus said, I cannot tell you now, but after his resurrection, when I send the Holy Spirit, he said, Jesus said, I got some things I want to tell you, but you can't bear them now. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he is going to guide you, take you on a tour of the whole range of truth. Come on. How the world was made, what it was made for, and who made it, and your life and your purpose in your life, he's going to take you on a tour. Amen. And it's best to stay close to the tour guide. So, because um, <laughs> he can point out some things, right? Amen. So, so Paul's letters are the advanced teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so listen go. So Paul's letters, in other words, we talk about red letters. I love red letters. I mean, you got a book, a Bible, you know, get red letter version. They said these are the words of Jesus. But red letters didn't stop in John. Anytime you get revelation, it is your red letters. <laughs> Amen. That's the Tabasco sauce. Come on, that's the hot sauce, man, when you get the red letter. And so when you get revelation, <laughs> praise the Lord. And so Jesus, we still got red letters. You know, even in the book of Acts where Paul quoted what Jesus said, and he said, you want to quote Jesus in the book of Acts? He said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And he's not talking about just giving. He's talking about the blessing actually is so much greater. Or let's just, so most people don't believe that, so I'll be satisfied with receiving. But, but he said, when, when you're given, there's no telling where the blessing will end, what God can do with that given in your life. And he said, you really want the blessing, you take care of your giving. All right, let's keep going. I see some of y'all want to run and stuff. So, so, so Paul's got red letters. Y'all still with me? In... We've got in the book of Acts, Dr. Luke, but in Paul's letters, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, you got red letters in there. Amen. In other words, Jesus didn't quit talking. Jesus didn't just go sit on the right hand of God and go. No, I mean, look in the book of Revelation. He went through all the seven churches of Asia and talked to each one of them specifically. So he must still be talking. Y'all see? And he said, this is what I like, and this is what I don't like. And you can fix this. All right, let's keep going. You can fix this, or you're going to be in some trouble. Well, y'all still here. So now go back here to Paul's letters or Paul's revelation. So in Paul's letters, praise the Lord, the advanced teaching of the Lord Jesus. So if you look at Paul's revelation, that becomes his what? Belief system. Belief system. We call it Paul's system of truth. The illustration that, uh, that I got years ago was I like to watch football, and uh, I love football. It's one of my favorite sports and played in high school, so I like football. So, I, uh, you know, I can't watch all the games, but, you know, the best teams, I like to watch them. 
And then as it comes to a close, the playoffs, I like to watch the playoffs. But really, I just have three or four of my favorite teams. And, of course, Louisiana, you know, New Orleans, it has to be one of them. And not always a lot of hope for that. But anyway, so, uh, but they did win the Super Bowl once anyway. So, uh, <clears throat> so you'll notice in college, Coach Saban from Alabama, right, <clears throat> he's always, He's always there in the end. He's got different players, but he's always there. You say, why? They said, because his coaching system, if you, any coach could learn his coaching system, it would make you a champion. Matter of fact, a lot of times the coaches that are there playing against him are coaches that trained under him. Man, this guy's got a coaching system that takes you to the championship no matter who the players are. Just plug in different players and get the same system. Come on, even players that may not be quite as great in the talent, once they get the system. Are you also here? So as pastors or leaders or even as parents, we should understand the system that makes champions. All right, let's try I said, we must understand the system that makes champions so you can train your children or your grandchildren, amen? But also, so believers that come around you, the spirit of faith is contagious. Now, if you just look at, at Romans chapter 8, you know, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's pretty a phenomenal thing. Amen. You should just say, wow, every time you say that. Same spirit raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me quick as my mortal body go. Wow. Say that backwards. Wow. Say that upside down. Mom. So you got like, wow. Let's try it one more time. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. Now you just sit there like a frog on a log, and that's why you, all you got information. Come on, you hadn't included in your belief system. It's still in your thinking system. Amen. So, um, so revelation, that becomes revelation to you, red letters. All right, so you go from Romans 8, and he uses the word spirit, and is the Greek word pneuma 20 times, I think, or more, 21, 20 times in one chapter and he tells you that your relationship with God is going to have to function not on the first floor, second floor. You're going to have to go up, bring your elevator all the way up to the pneuma floor, and that's where you want to get off. Because if you stay on the intellectual floor, he said the natural man don't even receive the things of God. If you stay on the physical, living by your feelings, he said you ain't got a chance. Now, y'all heard the story about that, that country guy that went to a, a five-star hotel for the first time in his life, a country guy. He's an older guy. And uh, he brought his wife with him and his son. They said, you got to see this five-star hotel. So, so they go into the lobby. He's standing there. He's like, wow. And then he didn't know what elevator was. So he saw this older lady get on there, got an elevator, and doors closed, she left. He's he like, wow, what is that? And in a few minutes, the elevator comes down, and a young, young, beautiful woman comes walking out, and he goes, son, go get your mama. So, so, 
<laughs> hey, come on. Man, if you get on this elevator with Jesus and who you are in Christ, come on, you say, go get your mama, get your brother, get everybody you can, get them on this elevator. Amen. <laughs> in Christ is in the elevator that'll take you to the Numa channel. Come on, the Numa floor. Amen. And God is a spirit. And actually, Dad Hagen said, everything he does comes from the spirit. He said, actually, even physical healing. You receive it first spiritually, and then it manifests in your body. Praise God. Come on, you got to have a breakthrough in your hot sauce. Praise the Lord. That's revelation knowledge. Amen? <laughs> you never heard that joke before? See that? See that? New, something new all the time. Praise the Lord. All right. <laughs> so now in Paul's as we read in Romans chapter 8, and then he goes, <laughs> he goes, <laughs> he goes, um, same spirit raised Jesus from the dead. And then he goes, Romans chapter 8, what, verse 26, 27, 28, the spirit himself helps your infirmities. Come on. He makes intercession for you according to the will of God. Amen. He helps you, and he helps you to say or to speak supernaturally your spirit praying. And he says, and the Holy Spirit's really uh, helping you take care of business supernaturally. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Makes intercession, so you can say it this way, that Jesus, present-day ministry, he's our intercessor in heaven, and the Holy Spirit is your intercessor in your heart. My, my, think about that. Jesus making intercession for us in heaven and the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you and connecting you to Jesus by praying in the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. And verse 28 said what? And we know. Come on, that's based on 26, 27. And we know. Well, it's sure good to find out what you know. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Man, if that is in your belief system, man, no matter what you get hit with, come on. Dad Hagen said, I've been surprised. I've been hit with different things from the devil. And said, sometimes he seemed like he's throwing the whole kitchen sink at me. So, so whatever the enemy throws at you, when you know this, Man, you got the Holy Ghost, the greater one, living on the inside of you, taking hold together with you against every weakness, every challenge, amen, and the Holy Spirit helps you pray according to the will of God. Glory to God, and we know everything is working together for good according, amen, to the purpose of God, the plan of God for my life, amen. That means no matter what hits you, you sure, Paul never struggled with depression. I mean, if you want to take yourself back to, you know, when you're three years old or six or something like that, I mean, if you're still being controlled by six years old, you got some serious problems. So listen, in other words, if you're a new creature in Christ, old thing, have what? Passed away and what? Everything has become new. Praise the Lord. All right, let's keep going here. Praise the Lord. So you go from Romans 8, that if God be for us, who could be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us what? 
Well, if that's in your belief system. All right, let's try it one more time. If God's for us, who? No, somebody, you know, you might have some people that don't like you and they may say something and, and usually some of your friends will make sure you hear it. So, they'll tell you, you know what they said about you? <laughs> Come on. Who? Who? If God be for us, who? Who are you? Who could be against us? Amen. If, if he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Come on. So you keep on reading right down through Romans chapter 8. I'm just using this for an illustration. Come on, but that'll change your attitude because this belief system that, that Paul says that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, nothing seen, nothing unseen, no principality, no power, no devil, no body, no circumstance, come on, not even yourself, that nothing can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ and we are what? More than conquerors through him who loves us. Well, you ought to just start praising God. We are more than, that's Romans 8, 37. More than conquerors through him that loved us. Come on, I'm persuaded that he loves you. Come on. Praise the Lord. So Paul says that's what we have. And he called it the spirit of faith. He called it the spirit of faith. He said, that's what we have. If you would interview Paul and say, uh, could you tell me about those uh, three shipwrecks? Maybe when you get to heaven, you can sit down and talk to him, get an appointment maybe. I don't know, eternity, you might finally get in there. But um, so you interview Paul. Because Paul had some... Uh, Tremendous adversity. I said tremendous adversity. Are y'all still here? So, so the spirit of faith, if you go up to, go up to a verse, what is it, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse um, 8. Is that what it is? Let me look at it real quick. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8. And look at this in the King James Version. And the King James Version, it says this, 2 Corinthians 4, uh, verse 8. So, spirit of faith does not mean that you don't have any adversity. That's right. Because some people think, well, well, I have faith, so I'm not going to have any challenges, no storms, everything's going to be all right. I mean, Paul, listen, Paul apparently, I mean, he's got storms everywhere. He's got people fighting him. He had 40 people who refused to eat until they kill him. And I've made some people mad, but they always got something to eat. So, I'm just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> if you read the adversity in what is it in Second uh, uh, Corinthians eleven and you know three days here beat thirty nine stripes you know five times you read the history that one thirty nine stripe beating kills most people. Come on, and you just had a little trouble with traffic and you thought you were having a bad time. Listen, he got be with 39 stripes. <laughs> All right. He's a pretty tough guy, man. If you've seen him, 
out by the swimming pool with his shirt off. I'm not sure if that would ever happen, but some people seem to be pretty proud about that. But if you saw Paul, <laughs> that's why they got mirrors in the gym, you know. So you can see yourself. You're like, is that growing or is this growing? Yeah. But just let me tell you, when you're young, you better take some pictures because you ain't going to believe it when you're 70. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to end up with that furniture disease. You know, that's where your chest drops to your drawers. So, <clears throat> the laws of gravity. Look at that. <clears throat> this is me and Trina before we got married. She is beautiful, right? And she's just still beautiful. And I had so much hair. I must have been proud of that. Anyway. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So think of the kind of adversity Paul had. And then 2 Corinthians 4, 8, he just tells you straight up. You ready for this? Because this is in right, right, just right next to the spirit of faith. What's verse 8 say? We are troubled on every side. You say, that's a bad confession. No, that's a fact. <laughs> the, the confession part comes next. But people sometimes think if they have faith, they're not going to have any challenges. Come on, no problem. Paul, you know, he said, we got trouble. Front, back, left, right. But he says, yet we are not distressed. We are perplexed. <clears throat> so sometimes people think, you know, that if you're a faith person, you never get perplexed. I've seen plenty of perplexed preachers that are faith preachers. Name the biggest ones. Because perplexed just means you don't know why that happened, or you don't know why this happened, or you don't know why that didn't happen. And you don't know why they did that. And you don't know why they didn't do that. And you're perplexed. She's like, why? Amen? So you don't have all the answers, but you don't have to have all of them. You just got to have the right one. All right, let's keep going here. Perplexed. <laughs> Some of y'all married. Do you know what perplexed is about? Amen? So <laughs> See, Glenna's even laughing. All right, Pastor. <laughs> Don't let your wife laugh when I say something like that. So you need to get a little bit more control in your family. So we're perplexed. <laughs> What's that mean? Well, that means I don't have all the answers. Come on. You're not required to have all the answers. The Bible says uh, the secret things belong to the Lord. And the great thing about God is he can actually keep a secret. Pretty rare. Anyway, secret things belong to the Lord. Things that are revealed belong to us and our children. So you don't have to know everything, but you need to know what is revealed. All right, let's keep going here. So he says, he says we're perplexed, but what does it say? We are not in despair. How many ever started thinking about things that perplexed you? Don't act so holy. I mean, how many of you started thinking about things that perplex you? Like, 
Well, if you live long enough, you will. <laughs> you see? But you refuse to allow being perplexed make you go into despair. Not despair. So we're going to have to get on the not side of this. If you want to be a, a good not head, then you get on the not side of this and you say, <laughs> I, must, I must declare, amen, that I do not know everything about that and why this and why that. But I refuse to go into depression. Amen. I refuse to go into despair. All right, let's keep going here. And what's the next one? We are persecuted. Persecuted. It's not one of the precious promises, but it says all those who live godly in Christ, you're going to have some persecution. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Just don't stop there. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Well, here's the spirit of faith. Paul then persecuted, not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. All right. So let's read this in um, another translation here. And here's what it says. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we are not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may have gotten knocked down, but we are not out. <laughs> Come on, y'all better get into the knot department over here. Praise the Lord. Amen. Say, I got knocked down, but I'm up for the next round here. Praise the Lord. Amen. So this is really what, what Paul talks about, dealing with the situations in his life. And so even though you have a spirit of faith, you will have some situations in your life that you'll say, wow. But you better get on the knot side of that. I'm not forsaken. I'm not abandoned. Come on. I'm not in despair. I'm not depressed. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. And I'm not quitting. Hallelujah. Hmm. All right. So, I mean, you even look at David uh, because Paul says, as it is written, he's quoting from the psalmist David. Right? So when he says, I believe and therefore I have spoken, as it is written, he's quoting from David. Well, you'd have to agree David had a spirit of faith. I mean, if kill, kill a bear, I mean, he had it when he was 17. I said he had it at 17. It is not an accident if you got it. <laughs> Amen. In other words, you had to develop it. And so David had it at 17. Joshua and Caleb had it when they were 80. 80, I mean, most people are looking for a place where they can rest, you know. Joshua and Caleb said what? Give me this mountain. I'm well able to take it. 80. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You say, yeah, but the government says retirement age is about 62. Listen, since when the government become your God? In other words, you know, you don't have to retire. You keep on going. You may slow down a little bit, but you might want to take another mountain. Hallelujah. You might want to kill another giant when you eat. Come on, think of Brother Copeland, 85 years old, just took on an extra million dollars a month so he could preach, <laughs> preach the gospel on satellite, open it, give it free to a bunch of preachers. Come on now, and, and preach it around the world 24 hours a day. 85. 
well, I feel like slapping somebody right now. You know, people are ready to quit, you know, when they're 20. They're ready to quit when they're 25. Somebody said, I'm going to give up. Listen now, when you have a spirit of faith, your best days may be between your 60 and 80. <laughs> Woo! Go ahead and laugh for me and say, ha, ha, ha. So the spirit of faith, you know, take the whine out of your voice, take the victim out of your voice, a spirit of faith. He's quoting from the psalmist David, amen. But in your lifetime, you will have, or others close to you will have, that David with a spirit of faith, when his child died, he prayed and prayed and prayed. And they came and said, the child is dead. David said what? Well, the child won't come to me but I will go to him. Then what did he do? It says he went, changed his clothes, washed his face, went to church. And worshiped God. His next child, Solomon. All right, so here, here, he just didn't give up. Come on. Imagine people say, well, if God's going to do me that way. No, you don't know. You don't know about all that. You know the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you just say, I'm not giving up on God. I'm not going to quit on God. Goes right into the temple, starts worshiping God, and God gave him Solomon. Wow. Ha, ha, ha. Come on, my, our daughter, Alicia, Trina probably knows better than me, but uh, her and her husband, you know, they want to have some babies, you know, and, 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 and they just couldn't. I mean, the first one, the miscarriage, right? Second, miscarriage, right? Two? I think the second was Jaden. So she had one. I thought she had a couple miscarriages. Then after Jaden, she had like two or three more miscarriages. So ask Alicia. Anyway, so... Apparently, she don't know better. So, so she has this miscarriages. <laughs> so she keeps having miscarriages. So she comes to me and says, why? Well, I don't know. You ever have people ask you questions that you don't have a clue? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I'm not like a brain surgeon. I don't know all of the process of this. And they said, why? Why? I said, well, I don't know why, but I do know God. And I know God will restore whatever the enemy has stolen. So you get off of that why and get over here. And I know God will restore whatever the enemy's tried to steal in my life. Praise God. And now she got five kids and the last two twins. So. Amen. So you don't have all the reasons why. I mean, I have a pastor friend that um, one of his, his son, he, he had uh, one, one son, and the son, when he was about, what, seven, eight years old, got out in the street riding his bicycle, got ran over, and, and was killed. Well, that, that can deal with your brain. Why? He said, he's went into such depression. God, why? And he, but he said, I'm not quitting. I'm going to keep believing. And uh, I saw him after all that happened. He said, and the Lord has now given me seven grandsons. And the most fun in my life is to watch my grandsons play basketball. Come on. 
I like what it says about Joseph. He named one of his kids what? The Lord has made me forget my sorrow. Come on, you can name your next kid. The Lord made me forget my sorrow. In other words, your faith in God that no matter what you've been through, if you'll dare to believe God, keep going back to church, amen. Keep worshiping God. Keep on believing God. Come on, you're not controlling everything. The Lord told me one time, he said, you can't control everything. But I'd appreciate it if you control yourself. I said, well, that's interesting. So, in other words, secret things belong to the Lord. Things revealed belong to us. So, I don't know all those answers. So, you could actually live in, in this life a long time and not have all the answers. But have the same spirit of faith and believe God and believe the gospel and then speak that and still reach your destiny. Go ahead and laugh about that. Ha, ha, ha. In other words, just because you have a spirit of faith does not mean that you'll never have any challenges. And the older people said, yeah, and the younger people said, we'll see. All right, I'll see you. So, so in other words, everybody's going to have some challenges, and you might be perplexed, and if you plan on not ever being perplexed, then don't get married. Anyway, so... <laughs> Nobody laughs at that one. Anyway, especially the women. They're like, I wasn't just talking about the women. It could be the husband. It might be, right? Even Glenna laughed about that. So now, the spirit of faith. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You can't control everybody, and you can't control everything. But you can't control yourself. You're in charge of your own attitude. I believe, and now I speak. Well, what am I going to do? Well, my belief system is going to have to be connected to the Word, the revelation of who I am in Christ, what I have in Christ. But even Jesus said, on the speaking side, whosoever shall have whatsoever simply means that you can't speak for everyone. I mean, if you could, Jesus would just talk for everybody and everybody get saved. No, he said, whosoever shall say, he'll have whatsoever he said. Amen? All right, let's look at this. I believe and I what? Speak. I believe and I speak. So he's quoting from the psalmist David. That's what the spirit of faith is. He quotes from the psalmist David, and then what's he do? I believe we have the same giant killing faith. Joshua and Caleb faith. In other words, the spirit of faith is the same we are well able to possess the land. Amen. And they said, and not one city was too strong for us. Y'all still here? Amen. Because when you're traveling around preaching, you go to every city you go to, and every city you go to has got a special problem. You just talk, ask the pastor. Well, you understand the problem we have in this area. And somebody say, hey, that's, that's the devil. That's the original religious devil in this area. Come on. Well, listen, whether he's a, he's, a, he's a tall, skinny devil, big, fat devil, bald, or hairy devil, whatever devil he is, you have authority over him in the name of Jesus. Amen. So don't act like you got a special problem. All right. So <laughs> here, here's the spirit of faith. I'm a believer, but now my believer must be connected to my speaker. I believe and I say. 
I believe and I say, and we have the same spirit of faith. It is that spirit of faith that Paul said keeps me from collapsing. Because if you're going to do the will of God, you can expect pressure on different sides of your life at different times. And Paul said, and I got pressure on every side. I've <laughs> got the devil pressure, messenger Satan sent to buffet me. And he asked the Lord, said, Lord, you ain't do nothing about that? He said, my grace is sufficient for you. How come he had all the pressure? Because he had abundance of revelation. Come on, the devil don't have to do much to ignorant people. But when you have revelation knowledge, <laughs> the devil, <laughs> if you ever kill you with a hangnail, listen. So, but when you have an abundance of revelation, you're dangerous on the earth. You're dangerous to the devil because you're carrying revelation of what God did in Christ from the cross to the throne and what Jesus did for everybody. You're carrying that. And you have what? Possession with intent to distribute. So, so what Paul's carrying literally is not only going to change whole nations, but for the next 2,000 years. Hmm. So when you're carrying revelation knowledge, that's the source of faith. You could actually just say, faith is simply living by revelation knowledge. Or you could say it this way, faith lives and believes the unseen is greater than the seen. We walk by faith and not by sight. All right, now let me show you something here about faith. Praise the Lord. Spirit of faith. Praise the Lord. So now Brother Copeland, uh, he said, I heard him tell this years ago, he said he is flying and took off in his plane and the air traffic controller said, you're cleared for 10000 so he took off, got up to one, two, three thousand, four thousand. Air traffic control says you're cleared for ten thousand. So he said, I just pulled back the yoke and moved up to ten thousand. So he said, I, I was at ten thousand for a while, and the air traffic control said you're now cleared for twenty thousand. I just pulled back on the yoke, went up to twenty thousand feet. He said, I stayed at twenty thousand for a while. Air traffic control said you're now cleared for thirty thousand. He said, I pulled back on the yoke, went up to 30,000. Air traffic control said, now you're cleared for 40,000. Pull back, boom, up to 40. So he said, well, in that process, the Lord said to him, I wish you had as much confidence in me as you do in that air traffic controller. All right, let's try that one more time. I wish you had as much confidence in the Lord as you do in the air traffic controller. Come on, because some people actually did take off, but they've been stuck at 10,000 for 30 years. Listen, <laughs> your revelation of the word increased. You pull back on that yoke, and the Lord says, you're cleared for 20,000. You pull that thing back and say, I'm going up. Amen? Come on, I even do that financially. Come on, I'd be like at 5,000 a week. The Lord says, you're cleared for 10, baby. I pull that thing back. I'm moving up to 10,000 a week, glory to God. Amen. Stay there for a while, and then the Lord said, you're cleared for 20,000. Pull that baby back. How do you pull it back? With your mouth. 
<laughs> Amen. <laughs> I pull it back, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, 60,000, and on and on. Amen. So the spirit of faith, come on, you go from faith to faith. So as you grow in revelation knowledge, I believe and I speak is not only going to bring a blessing in my life, it's going to take me to the next level of the will of God for my life. Pull back. Come on, the devil will say, you ain't ever going to go up there. You say, I'm pulling back right now. The devil said, well, that's impossible. If you said, nothing's impossible with God, I'm pulling back on that right now. Come on, in their finances, I'd pull back through my saying and my sowing. <laughs> Say, why are you sowing like that? Because I ain't planning on staying here. <laughs> pull that baby back. <laughs> Woo! Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah, man. How many of y'all not planning on staying the level you're at? Come on, you say, I'm moving up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, there's a change of scenery coming, amen, and the results, come on, and, and the effectiveness of what God's called you to do. So I'm pulled back. I have a spirit of faith. Praise the Lord. Okay, so if you look at Paul, number one, his level of revelation, and he kept growing in it. So you really have to have such an appetite for the word and for revelation knowledge. I mean, you get around anybody that you know knows more than you, which is probably a lot of people. Amen. Amen. Brother Hagin came to our church, stayed for two weeks. And every once in a while, one of my staff members said, could, could uh, you know, could I maybe like have, have a lunch or something with Brother Hagin? I said, under one condition, is you shut your mouth. Because well, I didn't come to hear you talk. Brother Hagin's here. He's going to talk. Don't start nothing. You heard about that guy, you know, that's trying to get in that fancy restaurant, and they wouldn't let him in because he didn't have a tie. They wouldn't let him in the fancy restaurant because he didn't have a tie. So it made him mad. So he went out to his truck and got him up some jumper cables and put them around his neck. Went back to the manager and said, what's that? He said, that's my tie. And the manager said, okay, I'll let you in, but don't you start nothing. <laughs> so I asked the jumper cables. All right, so now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so I told him, you can come and eat with us. Don't you start nothing. In other words, you can be cordial. Come on, be nice. But whatever I'm going to do is try to get him to talk once I get him talking. Don't interrupt him. So we'd eat a while, let him eat, you know, without disturbing him and let him eat. And then I'd say, uh, so in that story on the woman with the issue of blood, now how did the Lord, and, and he would get on it, and he loved it so much, he would talk for an hour. His wife, Aretha, would be sitting over there and go to sleep. Yeah, she'd go to sleep, yeah. So, so I, would, I tried to tell him. I felt sorry for her. I said, you know, Aretha's pretty tired, I think. 
I think she already went to sleep. And he looked at me. And so what that woman did, <laughs> come on, if you've got a husband or a wife that loves revelation knowledge, you don't mind them getting lost in the spirit, amen, because God's showing you some things you may have forgotten, amen, or showing you some new things. So I want to, I want to hear from him. Amen. I'm not interested in talking about, oh, we've had the cloudy day. Now, I'm interested in some revelation knowledge of how faith works. And so people would tell me, they'd say, nobody can get him talking like you. They said, we've been around him. You get him talking. Well, he loved my dad, you know, from years ago. So he was raised in assembly of God, and I was raised in assembly of God. And so he come, uh, he, we had a lot of common experiences. <laughs> right? And so we'd talk about the word. Well, once you have to have such an appetite for the word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. So if you want to get uh, uh, people that are progressing, you want to get them to talk, pick out a scripture and say, now in Mark eleven twenty-three, you're gone, man. You're gone. There it goes. Next hour. Why? Because that word changed their life and it'll change yours. So listen now, Paul and Timothy had what? Timothy serving Paul and so have such an appetite for the word. Same, same with Brother Copeland. I mean, he, he's talk, talking about the word. You just bring it up and you'll be sitting there, you know, with a Subway sandwich for a couple of hours. Because he loves revelation knowledge. How I love, come on, Psalms 119, how I love your word, your principles, your statutes. I meditate on them. I love your word. Come on, amen. So that's the source of your belief system and your revelation is from the word of God. Amen. I believe and I speak. Now, one more thing here, praise the Lord. With the spirit of faith, he says in 2 Corinthians 4, 13, go down to verse 16, and he says what? He says, though our outward man, our outward man is perishing. Our outward man is going through adversity. So Paul was conscious of the inward and the outward. Matter of fact, he could uh, separate really his identity from just the external. That he would say, I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection. What's he talking about? I is I on the inside. My body's just hanging out with me for a while. And I control my body. Praise the Lord. All right. So Paul says, though my outward man is doing what? Perishing, going through adversity. My inward man. That's part of spirit of faith, isn't it? To know you got an inward and an outward. My spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays, and my mind is unproductive. My spirit, praise the Lord. So sometimes you're talking to a believer that has all stuff going in their flesh, their mind, and you want to say, excuse me, I would like to talk to your spirit. 
because you got something in your spirit. The life of God and the faith of God in your spirit. Come on, if you, we can just get your mind off of your mind and your flesh and the external thing and your inward man, Paul says, my inward man is renewed every day. Not even once a week. Every day. Every day. How often? Every day. All right, you got verse 16. Now go to verse 18. This one's still on the spirit of faith. And 18, he says, while we look not at things which are seen, hmm, while we look not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. So the spirit of faith deals with the unseen. We look not at things that are seen, but we focus on things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. Things which are not seen are what? Eternal. All right, let's take this back to this just for one second. The spirit of faith is not a temporary thing. He said the spirit of faith deals with eternal things. Amen. So no matter what in the world it seems to have gone wrong in your life, God said with the spirit of faith, you have eternity. God has eternity to make it up to you. Amen. So just because you move from the seen to the unseen don't mean it's over. We are, uh, it's over. No, no, it's eternal. Yeah, yeah. I have eternal life. I have eternal redemption. And the spirit of faith connects me to eternal things and to the unseen. So he's saying this. We do not focus our attention on anything that comes from the five senses from the seen. But our whole life is run on unseen things. All right, so now if you were a pilot, you either are what? Instrument rated or you are what? Visual. And so pilots have, have crashed because they were not instrument rated. And so they've been killed, you know, different all kinds of ages. And usually it's pilot error. And if he's not instrument rated, he's flying by scene or he's flying visual, or he's flying by his feelings. If you can't see it, feel it, taste, touch, smell, in other words, he's flying by the sense knowledge. But if he ever gets in fog or gets in the clouds, if he's not instrument rated, you don't get instrument rated accidentally. You've got to keep on training to get instrument rated. Amen. And so some people get just enough of the Word of God so they think they can fly. But they still live in the visual. Well, you want more training, you can go higher, you can go further if you get instrument rated. All right? So what happens? Well, I was reading articles, you know, so we're flying all the time, and I see all my pilots and stuff like that. So I actually flew up front for a while when we had a smaller jet. So now you have to have two up front. So um, I, I would go train to be a pilot, but I'm preaching here. So, uh, and the next place, and the next place. So, so, <laughs> so I just hire two pilots, all right? Rather expensive, but y'all are valuable. Body of Christ is valuable. 
right? So I could go train if I had time, but I also have, get home, I got kids, I have employees, which is, thank God. So, uh, <laughs> amen. And, and I only get to meet with employees periodically, right? And then they got their assignments. So when I have time, I will go get my flight training. Maybe an eternal project. Anyway, so <laughs> if you're not instrument rated, so I'm studying this, and here's a whole article on it, and here's what they said. The article said this. If you're not instrument rated, you have 90 seconds, one minute and 30 seconds. You have 90 seconds before your body gets disoriented and you will crash. Well, if that's true in an airplane, how much time you got? If you're not instrument rated to live by the unseen. Most people think, well, I can go three or four days. You got 90 seconds. And you're already in trouble. Because your senses ain't as smart as you think they are. <laughs> your feelings are not as smart as you think they are. Sense knowledge itself is not as reliable as you think it is. Come on. So they said, here, pilot's not instrument-rated. We'll get in. He'll, he'll, he'll fly into the clouds or something. He's not instrument-rated. Fog may come in. In 90 seconds, he's like, 90 seconds. And they said, after 90 seconds, he'll be so disoriented. He does not know which way's right, which way's left, which way's up, which way's down. He just so a lot of times he said they'll start to panic, turn and crash. Smart people, but your body ain't that smart. Well, let's try it again. I said smart people, generally smart people, but they're not instrument rated. Are y'all still here? You cannot get. You cannot outsmart with sense knowledge what one bit of revelation knowledge. In other words, one bit of revelation knowledge is 10 times smarter than all sense knowledge. So if you're going to live by faith, you're going to have to live by what? Revelation knowledge. Come on. Get instrument rated until you're what? I'm locked in to revelation knowledge. I make my decision based on revelation knowledge. I am instrument rated. Praise the Lord. So that's the spirit of faith. While we look not at things that are seen, but we live by things that are not seen. All right, now listen close. So that doesn't mean that you're just avoiding the seen. That means you are spiritually developed so you can see the unseen. All right, let's take it one more level here. I said you're not just... Looking at things that are seen, you're not just avoiding that. You're looking into the Word of God until you can now see things that are not seen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We have the same spirit of faith. <laughs> Come on, there's a lot more to that than just, you know, positive thinking. That, that'll help most of the time. But anyway, so the spirit of faith, we have the same identical spirit of faith. We believe and we speak. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, I have. I, have. I got it. I 
I'm going up 20,000, 30,000, 40,000. Come on. I'm going from faith to faith. Amen. I'm going from one phase of the will of God to a wider phase of the will of God in my life. And so I pull back on that yoke to move up higher. Go ahead and laugh about that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Everybody say, I, I got it. I know I got it. We have it. Amen. Amen. We live by unseen realities. Praise the Lord. We can see what is not seen, hallelujah, with the physical senses. The eyes of our heart are flooded with light. Amen. The eyes of my heart, my spirit. Praise the Lord. Well, y'all learn anything today? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Have a spirit of faith. What's today? Tuesday? Oh, I just got one more day. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll get a little further tomorrow. All right, so somebody tell me something you learned today. Yes, sir. Your belief system must be connected to your sound system. I believe and I speak the words in your heart and in your mouth. Yes, sir. Do the will of God. And I always say the devil's not just afraid of where you're at. He's afraid of where you're going. Yeah. Amen. So every time you're having a breakthrough into a new territory, reaching new people, new blessing in your life, yeah. pressure. If you're scared of pressure, now I played football in high school, and my coach told me, because I'd play offense or defense, he said, if the pressure's coming this way, you have to fight through that pressure. He said, because if you go around the pressure, the football is coming through the pressure. So if, if, the, if that lineman can push you out of that place, you say, well, I'll go around him. But by the time you went around it, the ball already went downfield. <laughs> so he says, you cannot go around the pressure. You face the pressure, right? And you get lower than the one that's coming at you. Come on, and when you come up, you stand him up, boom, and here comes the ball. All right? But a lot of times people say, I'm out of pressure. I'm just going to go around this. It's getting too hard for me right now. No, come right into that pressure. All right, who else wants to say something? Yes, Pastor. Revelation knowledge is my red letters. Revelation knowledge is current Red letters from Jesus. Yes. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. The Holy Spirit takes you on a tour of redemption, and it's best to stay close. It's best to stay close to the tour guide. Have you ever been on a tour and have like 20, 30, 40 people? Tour guides up there, and you got like half of the people in the tour are like not heads. You know, they're not even listening to the tour guide. They're walking around going, blah, 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 blah. I'm saying like, look, you idiot. You don't know nothing about this place. I mean, we went on a lot of tours to Israel. If you'll stay close to the tour guide, he will tell you what happened here. Yeah. All right, what you say? There you go, man. Praise the Lord. That's good. Pretty good. Amen. Not. <laughs> so you know, you feel the pressure. You're up. Not. Not forsaken. Not depressed. 
Listen, if you're a pastor and you don't get happy until everybody else gets happy, you will never be happy. Because there's always one or two that their nose is out of joint at all times. If I live my life trying to get them happy, I ain't going to do it. I'm going to stay happy, hallelujah, and you can act however you want to act, amen, but at my house, we're going to have fun. Y'all still here? <laughs> all right, yes, ma'am. Yeah, the coach system, including on the, in the uh, NFL, somebody like Belichick, I still like to watch them there, but he has a coaching system that all of his assistant coaches, everybody wants them. And everybody wants his players, right? But know the system. All right, yes, yes, sir. You, we are more than conquerors. So your identity is this is what I am. It's not what I'm trying to do. Yes, sir. Boy, that's a good lesson to learn. How old are you? 16. Wow. I mean, I figured out you can't control everything and everybody, but it sure be nice if you learn to control yourself. That's called self-control. Uh, yes, ma'am. Absolutely, he will restore it, but with the spirit of faith, you know he's got eternity to make it right, whatever the enemy made wrong. So that means even after you leave this world, God said, this is an eternal life, eternal redemption. So if it looked like something got stolen from you, he said, I got eternity to fix it for you. Praise the Lord. Yes. You don't have to have all the answers, but you just need the right ones. Right? What does it say on your license plate? Ardently. On the license plate on her car it says ardently. Do y'all know what ardently means? Nobody here knows what ardently means. Right? Ardently, and where did you get that from? A movie or something? A book called Pride and Prejudice, which I don't read books about pride or prejudice. <laughs> anyway, but she said that was her favorite line in the book called, and they said what? I love you most ardently. <laughs> hey, if I would have tried telling my wife that, she'd say, really? So, so ardently means what? With great passion. See, they're your new word for today, ardently. So when you go into to your restaurant today, you say, I most ardently love cheeseburgers. All right. <laughs> All right, what you got? Your appetite should be insatiable. Your appetite for the word, insatiable, not crispy donuts, but your appetite for the word, insatiable. All right, anybody else learn anything? Yes? Source of faith is beyond just the information, but it's in Revelation. And God is the one that unlocks it based on a few things. Number one, spiritual hunger. Number two, honor. And number three is honor of where you received it. <laughs> That's another one. Oh, did I get that right? 
Oh, I see your hand. Oh, that is really good. Everything is possible with God. Did you learn from your daddy or your mama? <laughs> All right, anybody else want to say anything? Oh, on this side, I'm sorry. Everything we receive from God, we first receive spiritually, even physical. Everything you receive from God, you receive it from the Word, which is spirit, amen, and even physical healing, you receive spiritually through the Holy Spirit, the anointing, or the Word. You receive it in the spirit, and then it's manifest in your body. Got it? Yes, ma'am. The Holy Spirit is the intercessor in my heart and connected me to Jesus who is the intercessor. All right. The Holy Spirit's the intercessor in your heart and Jesus is your intercessor in heaven. Amen. Boy, so when, when you're prompted to pray, that's coming from Jesus. I said, when you're prompted to pray, I'm praying the Holy Ghost or whatever you're praying about, pray because Jesus is dealing with things for you. Yes, sir. There you go. So it's not just ignoring the seen, but being able to see the unseen. So Paul even talked about your spiritual senses developed. Your spiritual senses. All right. Anybody else? Everybody happy? Praise the Lord. Yes, sir. How much time do you have if you're not instrument rated? Things get cloudy. You don't know which direction to go. You're trying to be led. Well, well some people actually, they'll, they'll be confused, and they'll be confused for months. What direction am I going? Huh? Yeah. No, he said, when you get like that, you got 90 seconds. Come on, you better get by yourself. Get your Bible out. You better pray in the Holy Ghost. That's right. That's right. Amen. So you don't make decisions based only on your feelings. Oh, my. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's uh, receive an offering this morning. I forgot to yesterday morning. So we'll do it this morning in case you cannot come tonight. Uh, take an offering envelope. If you can come tonight, you can give tonight. And um, uh, y'all are generous givers. Pastors are great leaders, great generous givers. Uh, take an offering envelope. I guess you have one on your chair. You can make your check out to uh, the church here, which is called Freedom Word Church, or FWC, Freedom Word Church. Uh, if you happen to be a partner of the MHM, you want to keep that on, on the MHM record, then you can put, make a check to MHM, put it in the same offering if you want to, and, and uh, it'll all go to the same offering. Church will take care of all of it. This church is very generous givers. Praise the Lord. Amen. Y'all very generous givers. I'd say this church can outgive a church 10 times its size. It's true. Y'all can outgive. Amen. So some people may have more numbers may seem like they got more money, but wow, you can outgive them, outproduce them, amen, be outblessed, amen, because you're such generous givers. So thank you so much for your giving, every service. So let me just, are you going to receive the offering? Okay, you just look kind of real mean if they don't give nothing. What, what do they call it? And, and um, they mug, give it a mug face. How do you do that? Yeah, mug face you go. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> I just thought it would be cute, you know. Uh, so get your offering in your hand. Father God, we pray a special blessing. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the uh, teaching of your word. Fresh revelation that we will live by faith, walk by faith, not by sight. 
Thank you, Lord, for your word working mightily in us, that we're going forward, we're increasing, we have a spirit of faith. Lord, I thank you that as we give and we sow our seed, you said when we have received instruction in the word of God to share all good things with our teacher. Lord, we thank you that as we give, other people will hear the same word, same revelation, bless their lives, and also we will receive the word better than we've ever heard it before. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen.